Welcome to another episode of Spirit Talks with Natalie Brown. Spirit Talks is all about conscious conversations to awaken and enlighten. It was born from a desire to bring together a conscious community and create opportunities for deeper connection and real conversations. This platform is for inspiring heart leaders, guardians of the earth, and conscious entrepreneurs sharing the spirit of all things, their divine wisdom, revolutionary ideas, inventions, modalities, and channelings to bridge the gap between our world and the spiritual world in order to shift the consciousness of humanity. Today, I am joined by some incredible speakers, Brian Burneman, Glenn Hart, and Sam Shelley. And I'm so, so glad that you are here, guys, to share on this incredible topic that we have today to heal ourselves by breaking the cycle of bad habits and addiction. So welcome. Brian, you're at the top of my screen. I'm going to jump in with you straight away. Please tell us where you're from. Why is this topic so important to you and what do you do? Thank you for having me and, and a pleasure to be joined here by, by Glenn and Sam as well. I'm originally from Argentina and I have been living in a few different places in the world and now for the last few years here in New Zealand. And this this topic is, is super important. I, I believe, you know, that there's there's a lot of things that are completely unconscious for most people and the way that we don't know how to experience life makes us a lot of time escape and that creates a lot of the different patterns of behaviors that we have and some of them are more destructive than others and therefore when we can get back to to the root of that that's really important and the the way that i that i work with this for myself and for my clients is through different holistic therapies especially when it comes to to habits is a lot on energetic side i use family and systemic constellations a lot to see where those patterns came from and what are we not including and not seeing from our lineages and our ancestors to to bring that into light as well as a lot of different uh, methodologies that that i'm using but yeah it's a it's a pleasure to be here because this is such an important topic so thank you for having me mm, thank you thank you for sharing and thank you for being here it's really good to have you here. Glenn, you're up next. Where are you mm. from? Why is this topic important? And please share a bit about yourself as well. Mm. Kia ora. I was born in uh, Whangarei originally, and I've lived in Auckland most of my life. And <clears throat> I'm so glad to be here. Like the men's mental health, there's a rise this year. There's a rise in masculinity. There's a rise in awareness like never before. It's very potent right now. And this topic is huge because we don't even realize how many little intricacies and habits and things that are playing out in the background there's so much unconscious at play and it stems out in addictions and habits and <clears throat> a quote i really like is like even when you're not choosing you're still choosing there's so much in unconscious that is just running due to men not having a space to express connect and free themselves from these constraints so I'm really glad to be here. Um, personally, probably the main hat I wear is content creation and I work with conscious creators that are driven by change. And I do this in a few ways <clears throat> through 
basically channeling. It's it's very much in the moment. I only work candidly. It's very spontaneous. It's very fluid. And helping people birth their notions and creations into this realm. Um, I'm a Swiss Army knife in the digital space. And I love to be able to facilitate beings coming together to be able to share their genius in different ways, shapes and forms. And among a lot of other things, I do men's work is a really big part of my life, um, sitting in circles, facilitating circles in different realms and <clears throat> feeling very humbled continually at the moment by uh, the way men are stepping up as well. Simultaneously, there's a lot of beauty. There is a lot of change at the moment. And this is another step and continuation on the right way forward. So very pleased to be here. Yeah, really, really powerful work, Lane. Incredible. And all of you, all of you men doing really powerful work and rising as leaders and way showers for men that are really needing that help and that support, you know, um, in a world of so much change where we are in the world of so much change. And it's really being uh, having those those spaces, those communities, those groups to be able to go to and access that support and knowing that there's a way out. Right. Mm. Mm -hmm. yeah it doesn't have to always be addiction so mm. sam <laughs> you're up <laughs> tell us where you're from and why is this topic so important and tell us a little bit more about yourself thank you yeah sure so currently i'm in new york city i always lived in the east coast of us so that's where i am so it's 7 p.m for me here and i know it's morning for you but the thing that this is really important to me because i was addicted to my thoughts my ideas my concepts my beliefs as truth as facts but then i see ah oh, it's head trash it's garbage i need to throw it out so i created head trash anonymous to help with that to see that all these thoughts, ideas, beliefs that you have are not facts, not truth. They're just nonsense for the most part. So we need to get rid of that. So I help people, you know, really stay present in this moment and just surrender everything that all those ideas and concepts they have about themselves and really tap into who are you? Look of all these beliefs and ideas and who are you? What remains? Mm, I love that guys this is giving me goosebumps everywhere because this excites me right that this work is out there and available for people to tap into and access and th this is why I created this platform to be able to get this information out there to people heart leaders and people that are really doing the work um, sharing their magic and their medicine and when spirit came in 2017 and said hey Nat you've got to do this I was like well I'm not ready the world wasn't ready for it but the world is ready now right so this is an incredible space to be in thank you so much Sam for sharing that I want to jump straight in and talk about what is patterning to in your mind what is a pattern how does a pattern come about just whoever wants to jump into this conversation or this question. Mm, I can jump on that because I've seen a lot of patterns play out <clears throat> and over time they come to light. To me, a pattern is a repetitive behavior that continually shows itself, but it can also change form. And it's something, <clears throat> it might disappear for a while, but you'll see it again. And quite often, if it keeps coming into our awareness, this pattern, and we choose to do nothing different about it, that's when it starts to become a problem. Yeah. Yeah. Repetitive behavior, destructive, mm -hmm. repetitive mm -hmm. behavior. 
because there are good patterns and then there's patterns that's not so good, right? Mm. Mm, Brian, Sam, what have you got to say about this? Yeah, what I have to say about that patterns is basically, you know, we're we're stuck in the hamster wheel of thoughts and beliefs and we keep repeating them over and over again, like I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, work is too hard, whatever the story is, we need to to really break that by learning to be here, to be the observer, to be aware that I'm having these thoughts. Most people are not aware. They're just really just following this automatic pattern. Most people right now are not aware that they're sitting, listening, feet on the floor, whatever it is, they're just up in here in this in this head trash. And one thing I forgot to mention in my intro is when I was believing my head trash as truth, I had five incurable diseases, like multiple sclerosis, bipolar, they're all gone. I threw out the head trash and they went with it. Wow. You are able to heal when you let go of your head trash. How freaking powerful is that? Wow, that's incredible. And you are a living, breathing example of that. So people listening out there, you know, tap into this. You have the ability to heal. And that's why this conversation is so important. You don't have to be on the hamster wheel, right? You can get off it and you can empower yourself, heal yourself. Mm. Brian, do you want to add anything? Yeah, I'd like to, to add on what Glenn and, and Sam mentioned in terms of this, that, you know, that automatic pilot that Sam was talking about, that's where we are living unconsciously. We're not present in the moment. And patterns actually is something that is without the recognition of this present moment. If I'm actually living in this present moment, there's no pattern. This is the only thing that exists. And mm -hmm. by me allowing that to happen as well allows me to break out of those patterns. So whether I'm choosing different modalities or whatever it is to actually, in a sense, break free of these patterns of behavior or habits, then is coming back to this present moment and to what's alive now. And I think that as, as, as we just shared or you just mentioned, you know, like those that are doing that, their circumstances, their illnesses, their whatever it is that is happening in their lives, those can shift as we can become more present, as we allow both from our mind and our body and our being to start to see things differently and to allow something different. That's when that shift happens. And what transpires once we allow that to happen sometimes we don't even know and that's the the magic and the beauty of life that if we allow ourselves to be open to this present moment then there's more than we can even imagine yeah absolutely i totally agree with that it's the now where we can change everything and it's it's in the now where we can expand our our awareness expand our energy, expand or tap into the infinite possibilities that's available to us, whatever that means, whatever possibilities that is, you know, that's that's available to us. I would love to um, ask you to share some of your perhaps traumatic experiences of your, your stories, if it feels right for you around, you know, in your life where you felt that you were stuck in a pattern and how did you get out of that? Well, I can start here. Well, the big pattern that I was stuck in was illness, the illness pattern for almost 38 years where I was getting sicker and sicker and sicker and stuck in that pattern. So I only knew the traditional medicine model, taking my pills, doing what the doctors say, and 
and all of that. And what really caused a pattern shift for me was to see that there was another possibility because uh, I actually had a paranormal experience I couldn't explain because I was mm -hmm. dealing with multiple sclerosis. I was a couch potato and watched all these ghost hunting shows and whatever, but I didn't know if it was real or not. So I actually wanted a ghost hunt and I had an experience I couldn't explain. And this got me to shift, if you will, like, oh, there's something I can't see, can't explain. What's this all about? So that really led me to reading books and I discovered meditation. Then from meditation, I saw like, oh, I have thoughts, but I'm not these thoughts. <laughs> and yeah, everything exactly. just... So that's how the pattern broke for me. And it's mm. interesting because you talk about taking a tablet because you're sick, you know, that in itself is a pattern mm. as well, right? Being mm -hmm. or having an addiction to medicines and things like that, which we are the medicine. We are the healers. Our body mm. can heal itself. So, yeah, I'm, I love that, Sam. Any of the other guys? Yeah, I, I had a pattern of escaping. Which is, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing of why we we become addicted to certain things. For me, it was a lot watching TV and going online when I was a kid. Um, and I recognized that the pattern wasn't about those things that I was doing. It was about escaping and about not being able to, to be in the present moment and not be able to, to feel what was happening. I was thinking about everything and I my response up until that moment was my body is saying or my mind is saying you need to survive so escape all of this because it's too much because i didn't have the tools to process it and it wasn't until i learned how to come back to the body and how to feel feelings in a very different way that i was used to that i was able to shift that and to allow instead of trying to escape the entire time and and that made a huge shift in in my awareness and as well in how i'm, I'm showing up in life yeah yeah beautiful lane do you have anything to add yeah i'll give a little um insight into my experience <clears throat> around perceived brokenness and patterns um i was very unconscious in my life until i was about 25 and my health collapsed out of nowhere and similar to sam i had immune dysfunction they said i had arthritis in my spine i ended up having major surgery on my legs because i couldn't walk and my whole uh, belief system was I'm broken, I'm broken, I'm broken. And this consumed me because my health was collapsing and it was severe. Western medicine was focusing on symptoms, putting, putting me on steroids or desiring to. I challenged that all the way and um, just trying to fix the symptomatic issues. When I discovered plant medicines about three years later and a big surgery later, it told me the problem's not physical, it's emotional. And that led to me quitting weed, quitting my 10 year career, starting personal training and moving back to my parents. Five weeks later, I just started uncontrollably crying. Like everything was coming up to the surface. And that began the journey of looking into the emotional somatic side of things, what was actually stored in the body, what was going on. And this revealed the major traumas of sexual abuse and the, the violent upbringing and things of childhood that I hadn't really acknowledged. And I'm still learning to come to terms with how severe some things were. But in the process of the last <clears throat> seven, eight years, I'm 35 now, it's been such a cycle of I am broken. I need to do X to try and fix myself. And I noticed so much of the seeking and personal development and spiritual um, discovery has come from a place of real dysfunction. And the big switch that's happened this year in particular is to basically drop all of that. I have zero desire for that and to re-engage with life because there was a separation and a distortion between 
I am this and I'm trying to fix something while still living to actually, I'm just going to live and put all my focus and attention on what I desire to create and what's alive now and move away from looking backwards. But that really, like you say, comes back to life is in the present moment. That's where expansion happens. That's where everything is available. The world is not conducive to that in any way, shape or form. It is hustle. It's go. It's forward. So to break away from that is breaking away. I would say arguably one of the greatest patterns we have installed within us to be on the go, to be connected, to be moving, to come back to self, to the body, to stillness and just be with our experience. Yeah, that is so true. Um, Spirit, about four years ago, the message came through really profoundly and they said to me, tell people to simplify their life simplify everything sacred simplicity yep scrape everything away that you think that you are or not and simplify everything and you're a beautiful example of that glenn so thank you for sharing that and you know i want to talk about the trauma because this is the catalyst for this patterning and then the stories that we create and what we tell ourselves i'm not good enough you know i'm broken I'm not deserving. I can't have a relationship. Surely no one will love me, right? So it's all of this stuff that comes up and we end up being in this whirlpool of almost nothingness. And that's where the numbness comes in, the disconnection from life. Mm. And it's this disconnection from life that then, and the numbness that helps or not helps us, moves us into that space of looking outside. What can fix this numbness? Right? So let's dive into the traumas. You know, what kind of traumas um, are the catalysts, perhaps in your experiences of people that you've worked with or yourself, you know, where you've seen these people and they are not dealing with this and the stories that come up for these people? Mm. I believe the two biggest core traumas are either I'm too much or I'm not good enough. And within myself, I've experienced both and I do experience both. Uh, It's a sliding scale because when we fully go into joy and expression, we can feel we're too much. So we're constantly repressing our upper end. Simultaneously, not feeling good enough is keeping us stuck or anchored in the lower end. And every story, particularly in men specifically, I'll speak to, there is a real drive to get it right and not want to get it wrong. And I think this goes across both genders, all beings, but there is this desire to get it right. And you could call it perfectionism or whatever it may be, but there's, if I get it right, then I will receive what I desire, what I actually need, the love, attention, validation. Mm. It's that pleasing, right? It's like that, I, I want to be loved. So what can I do? I want to feel love. What can I do? But in, in essence, they are actually shutting down that love for themselves. And it starts with ourselves. Sam, mm. Brian, what do you have to say about that? Um, I, I can go. Um, yeah, go for it. The way that that I work with trauma and the way that I see it is actually there's that, you know, capital T trauma, that is those experiences that are traumatic. And the other trauma that is all of the things that we actually didn't process in that moment. That's what creates trauma. That is what actually when I work with a lot of people, some of my clients, you know, like some of my clients who had sexual abuse, some of my clients went through really traumatic events that they weren't able to process in that moment. But some of the other clients, you know, like they just had different moments in their lives that they didn't actually 
um, were able to process, as, as you just mentioned, perhaps they didn't receive what they wanted, especially as, as kids or babies mm -hmm. growing up. So those are the things that are at the root of a lot of the habits and the patterns and then those addictions or those ways of behaving that we are playing out. And some of those are so unconscious or most of them are so unconscious that it's a lot of times hard to even recognize that that's there. That, you know, like from and the work that I do, it's not only just about those experiences in this lifetime, but also in past lifetimes or what happened to our ancestors. So of course, I have no idea what happened to my ancestors. I wasn't born there. So how can I bring into light, into light and into life all of these like, traumas, all of these energy blockages that are in the way for me to be able to live life the way that I want. So the more that I understand that regardless if I had that traumatic event or not, I have those blockages, I have those traumas, I have those unprocessed emotions, feelings, thought patterns, whatever they are, that are there frozen, how can I come back to them? How can I slowly and gently and kindly massage them so I can mm -hmm. integrate them so that I can not longer hold on to them and I can move on with my life? Mm. Yeah, absolutely. And it is about mm. the emotional charge. You know, if there is an emotional charge and that feeling, that discomfort, that uncomfortable feeling, it's like most people just file it away and go, I don't want to deal with this. I don't want to go where the pain is, Right. And that's then when the stories come up and because we're not dealing with our, the pain from the past or the trauma or the root cause of what created that. And Sam, I know that you had a very traumatic experience as a child and, you know, you might want to speak into this as well. Yeah. So, yeah, the first thing I'll just touch on real quick, I think that Glenn brought up a real important point that most people don't even realize the trauma that they're inducing into themselves through all this pressure by taking their beliefs as true that not good enough not worthy that's putting a lot of pressure that's creating trauma in itself it's very interesting that glenn brought that up because usually that's not addressed about the self-induced mm -hmm. trauma usually we talk about the physical trauma that brian was alluding to like i had that at age six which was the catalyst for me being run over by a van where i spent nearly a year in the hospital but like brian said you're too young you can't process it at age six and so that sustained my whole you know I stuck to, it started the pattern of the medical system at age six for 38 years because I was always caught in that PTSD that was never processed. Even though I was as a bipolar talking to psychologists and psychiatrists, they never addressed the PTSD. They just strictly addressed the, the bipolar and just it was just medicine. It wasn't no one said to me, none of the therapist said, Why are you taking your thoughts as truth, as facts? No one said wow. that to me. Because they and don't. That's it's such just a, an important question, right? <laughs> Is this true? Heck no, right? It's not. Yes, it happened to me, but I can take from that what I want. But is it true that I am broken? No, absolutely not. Sorry, Sam, carry on. Yeah, but you're absolutely right there. They, they treat you that you are broken and you can't be fixed because all these diseases I supposedly has are incurable, unfixable. But we're living proof that we can read these stories that people have reversed these conditions. There is post-traumatic growth. There are things. It's all about learning to be here in this moment, 
processing, unwinding, a lot of unwinding, trying to understand what happened there. But it's all about, it all starts by being here, being aware of this moment. And that's, once you're aware of this moment, you have some awareness, then things can change. Without awareness, nothing changes. Yeah, totally. And it is often, some of us need a bit of a kick up the butt to come to that awareness. You know, like one of the thing that was a traumatic experience for me as well, and I'll share this on here, was when I was in an accident, in a bus accident that peeled, uh, it hit a tram bridge and peeled the whole top of the bus open. And I um, was shown that I had angel wings come around me and I was literally kept in a bubble and um, I was smashed backwards and where the bus was taken off, that was where my head was. So the trauma of that, you know, you sometimes life throws you these experiences to really wake up to what you are, who you are and what is possible for you. But trauma doesn't have to just be, it doesn't have to be induced that way. It can be anything like you said you know self-inflicted or self-induced trauma you can walk across the street and someone can hoot you know they they mm. car and you can be startled by it and it can be a trigger for undealt trauma so there's many different types of trauma here and mm. it's about really how you're regulating yourself how aware are you of the feelings that's coming up for you how are you dealing with them that's so important and not then letting that come into a space of addiction into a space of because I and maybe you can talk into this guys I feel that addiction comes from that space of numbness when there is there's no answers for you inside and you're shutting down then you start looking on the outside for that pleasure for the alcohol you know for the drugs whatever it is and um I actually spoke to a beautiful woman this week and she was addicted to alcohol and she has healed herself completely. So, you know, it is possible to heal from addiction. Mm. What would you like to speak into about that? Uh, I think there's, there's two things that from what you just said and what we've been all talking about that is important one is languaging as well what are the words we're using you know like trauma sometimes for some people it's something as, as Glenn was saying before you know like we're broken Tra trauma sometimes brings us to that place of thinking that we're broken and it's it's to be able to sometimes shift and use different language and use a different approach to how we're seeing things and I think that when when we're able to actually go towards the root of what is actually happening in our experience to why we are doing the things that we're doing, why we're playing out in this way, then that's when the real healing can take place. As some was sharing, you know, like if, if we're going to the medical system that is an allopathic system that just looks at symptoms, those symptoms never are addressing actually what's at the core of it and what's the root of why that is actually showing up and that's manifesting or materializing. So when we can take this bigger approach that changes things and you know when we're able to to understand as well that we all want to feel connection we all want to feel love and feel not just thinking that is sometimes as you're saying what we're trying to seek out that we're trying to find it somewhere else instead of understanding we already are that we already have that so it's how can i come back to that 
place of wholeness and that for me is the the path of healing is that coming back and recognizing we are already that and by not knowing that and by not living or experiencing it then i am trying all of the time to seek it in others or even within myself instead of understanding and surrendering to i'm already that which i'm seeking and that you know mindset change or perspective can be the catalyst for stopping to to seek out or those addictions that are not serving us yeah absolutely acceptance is the key i believe here acceptance of all that you are in this now moment mm -hmm. doesn't matter you know how you how broken you feel because you you're not or you know in your perceptions of wherever you are it doesn't matter if you accept yourself now and you can look at yourself with love and i feel like that word love some people or a lot of people don't know what it is they might have not had it okay perhaps try the word kindness or compassion that is gentler and softer softer but does um glenn do you have anything to say about this and sam the word you just spoke compassion was one of the biggest stages <clears throat> when i realized no matter what is occurring in my life no matter what is going on my inner state people around me the second i can find self-compassion for myself i'm fine most of the friction the drama the the uh, anger and sadness that was existing is because I was lacking compassion for myself, putting someone else's needs before mine, not saying something when I need to. And <clears throat> even if I'm, because none of us are perfect, even if I make mistakes, the second I'm compassionate for myself, I'm fine every single time. And Brian says something very particular about <laughs> the notion of just, <clears throat> we need to really get away from fixing and healing this is kind of the basis of what we're all agreeing on here as well and so many of the western approaches and stereotypical conventional therapies and modalities are still systematic and a great <clears throat> piece i heard on trauma was just a rupture in physical emotional or energetic safety and it's basically an experience that's happened that has happened quicker than we can integrate it and that could be so small and then the safest way for us to come back to ourselves is creating an environment or setting where we can come come into that realistically. And that is not always so big and grand. It can be very small and subtle. It can happen behind closed doors. And a key piece of this for me in finding compassion and finding rest and stillness and love, because love is such a loaded word like God, it's got so many notions and meanings, has been a weighted blanket's been amazing and hot tea just being able to come back to the body to find stillness and regulate and that doesn't need to be necessarily intense it can be quite easeful but people us as beings need to find how to regulate ourselves to be able to calm to get some clearer answers because otherwise we can still be acting from a unrooted ungrounded unanchored space and we will never quite reach the crux of what we're actually seeking yeah absolutely and we talked about this yesterday on the other talk about self-regulation you know we are responsible for our own self just one second guys my it says my battery is low i just want to make sure that it is plugged in mm. and then just pop myself on mute do you want to take it away sam yeah i can i can talk about this i think it's rather interesting when I think it was Brian was alluding to language and I'm really paying attention to language 
like when Glenn said compassion, but then used the word mistake. To me, mistake is judgmental. It's not compassion. It's simply feedback. So I really be mindful where I, I don't like people saying that's a mistake. No, it's just feedback to try a different way, a more compassionate way to see it. And when people say they're focused on healing, I say that's the wrong approach because healing has all this baggage with it and, and all these routines and rituals. I said, don't worry about healing. Focus on being at peace with yourself and the situation. Everything will take care of itself. If you're at peace, then you're aware of this moment. You can respond appropriately. If you're caught up in the story, whether it's a mistake or a healing, there's so much baggage behind that. Just focus on peace and have that awareness. Then I really see like peace is the energy of transformation. Mm -hmm. Just be at peace and acceptance of this moment. Then things just happen. Mm, yeah, okay. no, some of that. yeah, I love There's... that. And how can we create more harmony within ourselves, right? How can we create more of that peace within ourselves? And there's many different tools that you guys, I'm sure, use. And, you know, like Lena already touched on it, you know, wrapping yourself in a warm blanket and um, having a nice warm cup of cacao or tea or going out in nature. But, you know, what other tools do you guys use that you can share with people to self-regulate as such and to help them to understand? Because one thing that I feel, and this is what Spirit was saying whilst you were talking, tell people they already are healed, they're already whole. It's our misconception or perception that we are broken, that we have got all of these issues and problems, right? Yes, we are experiencing life and we are human beings, but we are also divine. We are whole. And if we can let go of the stories and the patterning and all the stuff that we're telling ourselves and that other people are telling ourselves, we can come into that space where through our tools, right, and methods and come into that space of wholeness and be in that peace and harmony. So, yeah, what do you want to share about that? Some yeah, I guess I'm different. Yeah, yeah, my tools are very simple. As we were talking about, was just keep it, how can you simplify in the beginning? Or just how can you simplify? So for me, it's just getting people into this moment, making them aware of this moment. Because you're either up in a story that had trash or you're here. You can be the mind or here. You can't be in two places at once. So my big thing is just getting people here into a place of peace. And from peace, then then interesting things happen once they're at peace and not not so caught up in the tales, the stories, it's just being here. So I keep it very simple, just how can you be here? Why is that story true? Why do you believe that? People have come to me with the deep in their spiritual practice. I figure out what they're doing and I just strip it away and says, how's this supporting you? Why do you keep sitting in this particular position? Why? What's this doing for you? And just keep stripping and stripping away to it comes back to simply being here, the power of now. Mm. Oh, I love the powerful mm. questions that we don't want to ask ourselves, right? We have to be curious mm. because that's how we evolve. That's how we transform. You know, staying in that curiosity like a child, childlike wonder, you know, what's happening with me today? And not, you know, getting into the the patterning of the mind and all of that kind of stuff and let the ego tell you all the rubbish that you know, the head trash like you call it sam but really going into inner inquiry and saying well who am i at my core i am whole i am love anything else that's not that i can work with i can navigate it right i can choose to release it 
So yeah, thank you, Sam. That's very powerful. Mm, Brian and Glenn. Um, tools. <laughs> yeah, it's tools. There's so many. I, I I always like to you know with with everyone that I work with, I I try to meet them where they are and what works for them. As Glenn was just saying, you know, for some people. Uh, I'm sorry, as someone was just saying, for some people, it's about questioning, the power of questioning, the power of coming back to the present moment. For some people, it's about bringing somatic experiences to be able to come back to the body. For some people, it's doing energy healing. For some people, it's doing you know, family constellations. For some people, it's just having a space to talk about it. And my role a lot of times, or actually all of the time when I'm working with people, is to be able to see them and experience them as whole, not as broken, not as anything else. And sometimes by me doing that, that's all that someone else requires to start to do their healing, to start to soften into this present moment. As you know, we, we are using a lot of different words that for me have the same meaning <laughs> and, and for other people might have a very different meaning. But you know, Sam was saying about peace glenn was talking about compassion you know like those words being able to sit in those are sometimes what's necessary to melt to like to break down those things that are in the way what's those patterns and that unconscious that we're not allowing so you know i i love movement i love coming back to the body and i love working energetically for most people because most people are using their heads all of the time and mm -hmm. for some of us, we actually, it's like, well, this is not possible at this moment. So therefore, I'm going to use my mind. I'm going to question and I'm going to expand that to be able to understand as well that there is nothing wrong here. There's nothing bad. You know, I love uh, the head trash, but as well, you know, for me, the mind is amazing and all of the thoughts are amazing. They're part of life. What's my relationship to them? That that perhaps is what needs to change. Yeah, it's the story. You know, it's like that relationship with your story. What's the story that you're telling yourself? And is that story true? First of all, is it helpful? I love you know that you that question that you said. How is this supporting my life? How is this supporting me, Sam? You know, guys, when you're listening to this. Ask yourself that question. If that emotional charge is coming up, how is this supporting me? Do I want it to be the thing that rules my life or not? Do I want to go and reach out to that bottle of wine or beer or whatever every time I feel that coming up? Or am I going to sit here and deal with my stuff and take responsibility and step into my sovereignty and liberate myself from all of this stuff? But what can I hold on to here? What's the experience trying to teach me? What's the, the, the juiciness, the lesson here that I can hold on to, right? And then move from that space of empowerment into doing what you came here to do, whether it's connected, connectedness, relationships, whether it's doing your work here, your sacred work, whatever it is. But it's that moment of questioning that you're already stepping into that change, yeah? Mm, powerful. Glenn, do you want to add anything to this? Just hearing you now, I started trancing out because it was so deeply beautiful. Something oh, that came you. up. I, I wasn't sure where I was going to go after hearing the other two talk, but what I'll seek into is 
for me, um, I, had, I was molested for four years and it really, after being an only child in a violent upbringing, uh, emotionally disruptive, my sense of self was gone away. So I grew up in the world believing I had no choice. So even though I'm doing things and logically I know I have choice, like Brian speaks to being in the mind somatically and the deep core belief is I don't have choice. And a defining shift is choice in the words I use and the actions I take. And even if it's not <clears throat> um, always effective, as long as I'm aware of it and I remind myself that I have choice, because as Peter Crone says, if you are 99% resp responsible for your life, you're still a victim. There needs to be a real awareness that we are 100% responsible for our own reality, our experience, and that really comes about sovereign choice. So no matter what I'm doing, if I'm distracting <clears throat> or I'm doing something that is uh, uh, unaffected behavior, it's not serving me, I'm choosing that. Even if I'm mm. procrastinating or I'm looking out in the trees or whatever it may be, if I haven't made a conscious choice, I'm still choosing to not do. In every given moment, there is a choice being made. And when I can be aware of what the choices I am making, I then get to direct it towards what I actually desire. Yeah, absolutely. And it comes back to what do you want now? What do you want? How do you want to move forward? Right. And I want to speak into some of the 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 catalyst is and just coming back to what we talked about the traumas or the word trauma you know some of the stories that we have got running in our head in terms of um that's that's creating the behaviors and the thinking and, and all of that kind of stuff in our life you know and often I find especially within the space of I have two teenage boys and you know, giving them the tools and helping them navigate life at the moment is bloody hard, right? And at 16 years old, um, my son, he's an individual. He never wants to be told what to do and all of that. But then there's a big wide world out there that he hasn't even gone into and explored and, and is about to discover. And it's about going, well, how can I support his thinking, you know, and help him create not help him create, help him or guide him or plant the golden nuggets of wisdom that will allow him to have the right stories or helpful stories to be able to then make the right choices um, in life. And certainly a story that was playing out for me was one of rejection. Rejection from when my mom conceived me and I felt it in the womb and I was not supposed to be here, right? And that story was playing out in my life until I decided I am so much more than that. And it's when you decide that you are more than this, more than what is dragging you down, making you feel like you are less than what you are. That is that powerful moment of change, yeah. So I'd love to talk into some of the, the root causes. So we, we talked about rejection. We talked about experiences that where we can talk about experiences that create perhaps envy or jealousy, you know, that feeling of not enoughness, self-worth issues and men. It's a huge thing because I feel that men have always had to be a certain way, very structured, have all this stuff together, right? Look, look put together in a way. Um, and it's a dog-eat-dog -dog world in the corporate world, especially where I where I worked for a very, very long time. And I feel like men have so many pressures to be a certain way. 
So let's talk into some of those stories and catalysts and things that could happen for people, perhaps a relationship, you know, within the relationship of, of not having a relationship where they are being loved or over-pleasing. Yeah, who'd like to talk into that? Mm. I have recently started reading a book called No More Mr. Nice Guy. <clears throat> and this book is speaking to me more than any other book. We're a generation of men raised by women for a mm. few generations. Now we've never had the opportunity to really embrace the inner patriarch from a healthy standpoint and what it actually means to be a man. And what I've witnessed and experienced through different men's circles and experiences, there's so much uh, pressure. There's the internalized pressure of what it is to be a man and how a man shows up because we've been driven and most men have been driven into playing into a gender role and the conventional thought of what that gender role is. Unfortunately, that gender role has been defined by a sex society and it's creating so much disharmony within men that they don't even know how to connect with the sensuality and tenderness of their hearts. And men at their core are very soft. We all are at our core. Men have far more prejudice towards showing up with strength. Women are more socially acceptable to be emotional, to be fluid, to be loving, to be open. Men, it's not culturally accepted in the same fashion. And this, I believe, is tearing men apart because they don't know how to be with that. Because if they be with that, they'll be perceived as weak. And that's almost like the ultimate disrespect. Simultaneously, <clears throat> the pressure to provide and show up and, and look after. I know within myself, the, the pressures I had been feeling get amplified in my romantic connection because all of a sudden there's someone else there's extra drive to do that for and then mm -hmm. there is another layer to this as brian spoke to earlier the ancestral generational trauma that sits in the cells we, we we're primal very primal by nature and it's a natural expression of men to scream and rage and celebrate and beat our chest and be wild with nature but that has been deemed as aggressive not acceptable and dangerous when really when <clears throat> allowed to be expressed and grounded and embodied it is one of the most powerful aspects of what the male body holds the masculine energy is fierce protection and the one thing i'll say on this is my definition of love has changed drastically the more i've embraced that primal aspect of myself mm, yeah that fierce love for yourself right that's yes. yeah that's where it comes back to mm, i love that thank you glenn for sharing sam and brian Anyone, anything you want to share? Hmm. I feel I'd like to go first, Sam. Yeah, go for go for it, Sam. Yeah, I'm just I'm just thinking, you know, we're talking about your son being 16. And you know, when I was 16, you probably couldn't really talk to me because I was so mentally messed up. I literally <laughs> was mentally messed up from the trauma yeah. at age six. So you really couldn't get through. But what I try to instill is really about questioning, you know, because you really can't tell them what to do. All you can do is ask them questions. How does this support you? Is this in your best interest? And just, they really have to plot their own course, if you will. You can say, oh, you have to do it this way. Now that never works. It's always like, how does this support you? How can I better support you? I think that's really just the only thing you can really do in that kind of state is that's what I was really trying to help a lot of people is just 
inquiry and curiosity, just ask questions. Because most of the time they haven't asked themselves that question because the mind just has them focused on straight ahead. This is the way we're going. But nobody's saying, hey, is this really supporting you? Just stepping back. Yeah. I think the, the biggest change that happened for for me, just coming back to that, Sam, and the in a relationship, it's really giving a person space to be themselves. And something that changed completely was when I asked my son, when will my no be enough for you? And the whole thing changed and he started our relationship changed completely. Mm. And it was profound. So yeah, it's being able to give people that space to go through their own transformation. And we're not here to fix people, right? Mm. We're not here to decide for other people. So thank you, Sam, for sharing that. Brian. Mm. Yeah, I think, and, you know, there, there's so much in what has already been shared about this that I think it's so important. One is, you know, recognizing where these things come from. There's There's been for long time a huge disconnect of what does it mean to be male and what does masculinity mean as well as like femininity and being female and being able to to include that within all of us because we're all our energy and how can we include that i think that is important that i think glenn you were talking about this you know like how can we bring ourselves into that different space and I think that some what you just mentioned in terms of you know being able to, to to give those those questions that inquiry it's so important especially for young people I you know like I, I work with with younger people especially at teaching at university and there's there's a lot that you know I know growing up there's a lot that we still want to explore we still want to experience we're still wanting to to learn and relearn and be like oh that was not the way <laughs> let's go into this direction and you know as as parents and i'm really grateful for my parents you know all that i think that we can do i'm not a, a parent at the moment i work with a lot of young people but all that we can do is we can show we can model what it is to actually create space, what it is to be there for someone, what it is to be present and not trying to, again, not trying to fix them, just being able to be there present and to hold that space for them to be able to live their life and to be able to, to support them in a way that is going to be healthy for that interaction. And one of the key things for me growing up in, I grew up in Argentina where, you know, I, Potentially, you know, in South America and Latin America, we have that macho uh, culture, and mm. that wasn't me. And, yeah. and I, a lot of times, was pressured to behave in certain ways. And I'm so grateful that my parents taught me how not to care about what others might think of me, to be able to actually stand my ground and to say, actually, no, actually, no. Like when, when my friends were pressuring me to start drinking, to start doing drugs, and I didn't feel like at that moment to do that, I was able to say no. And I know that, that having that boundary, understanding what it is that I'm standing for, what it is that I care about, and to be able to actually behave in that way, sometimes that's not in alignment at that moment. So recognizing what in a sense, the field as well has up there in terms of what's expected 
from men, what's expected in, in certain roles, what's expected in relationship, what's expected as, you know, as, as Glenn was saying before, you know, like you're supposed to be the one that is providing or is supposed to be the protector, you know, who says that that's the way that it needs to be or that I need to be in that way in that certain space. So by, by what Sam was saying, you know, using questions, using questions, using questions again and again and again to figure out how am I wanting to show up in this moment, in this interaction, in this space? What is going to serve me and everyone for me to actually do and behave? And the only thing that we can do about that is, as we've been talking, becoming more aware, creating space to be aware, to question what our behaviors and our patterns of beliefs actually have been and to say, is this actually serving me? Yes, this helped before. Yes, for thousands of years, that helped us survive. And I'm thankful for this. And thank you to all of my ancestors that they actually did those things that perhaps I don't like because I don't think that they serve me at this moment now, but it served them. So I can thank that. I can hold that with gratitude. I'm not seeing, you know, as Sam was saying before, not seeing things as mistakes. Everything happened. And said, well, that's what happened. What am I choosing now? Bringing that awareness to that, including that, moving forward, because we can rethink and reimagine what does men look like? What does being a male person in this world, in relationships, by ourselves, in community? So what are the things that we're wanting to change? that are not actually working because this, as Glenn was saying before, you know, like this is a sick society in a lot of ways. So if mm -hmm. we are actually keep on doing the same things, we're just perpetuating this. So how are we creating the change? Um, we start by doing the only thing that we can, which is taking responsibility for our own experience and how we're showing up. Yeah, that's so important. And I just want to before you guys carry on, touch on what you said about the ancestral. And it also comes back, not just to ancestral, comes back to now this lifetime, you know, the patterning that you take on from your parents and from society and coming back to the space of, you know, perhaps your father um, wanted you to be a certain way, wanted you to get 13 degrees, wanted you to you know, in his eyes, be a success. And you've got that patterning that's come up, that patterning that is stopping you from being all that you can be. And that, you know, and it's almost like you want to break out the box. You want to break out that box. And what's happening for a lot of people and a lot of men right now, they are breaking out of the box, the societal box. And it excites me so much because I'm seeing people rising, you know, the, the, divine, the divine feminine, we had to rise so that we could assist and guide our men to come up with us as well. But we can't do it alone. We have to bring our men up. We have to celebrate our men. And we can't do that if they are stuck in this old patterning of, um, you know, this is how you work with money. This is how we control women and all of that stuff that's coming up, it doesn't work anymore. So how can we more soft or how can we soften and be more gentle in this space and love our men differently, see our men differently 
accept them for who they are so that they can rise with us, right? And it is about releasing the patterning from the past. You know, you are not your father. You are not your mother. You are not your grandmother or your friends. And you are certainly not social media because a lot of the patterning that's happening is with regards to us scrolling on social media and seeing photographs and pictures of that's how I want to be. That's what my success is dictated by. You know, how do we release that? It's like a drug. It's disconnecting us from ourselves. So how do we come back to ourselves again? Mm. Yeah. I'd love to jump on this <clears throat> because this year has been a fundamental shift based on my experiences with my father and then being elicited by a man, my trust in men was shot. It was, I'd, I'd, I've experienced a lot of pain at the hands of men. So I can really relate to the feminine and the understanding of what it is like, <clears throat> which gives me such reverence for women and what they have experienced from males in this lifetime and the necessity for us to be in service to the feminine, which is a representation of life as a whole. That's what we're here for, to honor the divine feminine, the creator. And what has really shifted my relationship with women is being in men's work being surrounded by men that are having the conversations that are crying together, that are <clears throat> going into the places that is just not usually socially acceptable. And when you start peeling back those walls and layers, you see you're in the exact same experience as I, I am in the same experience as you, we are in this together. And how do we go about supporting one another in this? There is a sense of unity and, and coming together that is so necessary because Women can only support men to a point. There's, there's, there's a level of intensity that must be held by other men. And without going into that intensity and that aspect of the male psyche, it's just not going to happen. And men are coming together. It is happening. We're in a beautiful time where it's, it's just, there's, there's a reverberation of unity happening on both sides together and and each gender and every being in between. And <clears throat> one thing I will say about women supporting men better would be get curious as to what the man's experience has been. I put a post up a couple of days ago, men are the most wounded creatures on the planet. And the more I unpack within myself, the more I see all the, the, the depths and the levels of the wounding that has occurred and how the dysfunction plays out. Because when I'm regulated and I'm still, I am so loving. But when I'm slightly uh, or uh, and things are going on in the world, the different different aspects of ego and, and reactionary traits play out. Yeah, and that's when we step into when that ego is then in victim, right? It's like yes. being the opposite. So you're out of your masculine and you're leaning more towards that more wounded masculine and then more feminine. And it's interesting because I wrote a book about this in a weekend. Um, I went to Tony Robbins' event and I experienced the most profound um, masculine and feminine, witnessing the divine union of masculine and feminine energy. It was, it blew me away. And I remember, and I want to talk into what you said, Galen, about men are able to hold men at a, in a, at a level that women can't because I remember sitting there in that Tony Robbins event and Tony went and stood up on the stage and he lifted his arm up and he said, men rise. And he did this cry, you know, this like roar and like brave heart roar. And he asked all the men to do that. 
And honestly, when that was happening, it literally, the frequency of that male energy obliterated any sense of disharmony that I had as a woman. It ignited me as a feminine. It just helped me heal. It was incredible. And I wrote about this in my book. Mm. And I feel that men in their true essence and their masculine holding that container, that space for women, we can truly be who we want to be as a woman, as a feminine, in our power. And when we rise together and we work together, co-create together, that's when this change that we so desire happen in our world and in our lives, right? Mm. Mm. Women need to feel safe to disarm entirely. So the yeah. beauty and the portal and the power that they are is free. They don't worry about safety. It shouldn't be a thing for the feminine. Mm, but it is. it is so we do what it we is. can do <laughs> yeah there's a lot of women that feel unsafe that i work with and in, in terms of relationships i work with um, one of my students at the moment she's in a relationship and she feels very unsafe because she's doing the healing around not being held by the masculine you know throughout her life and coming back to her own power which is what will then help her rise so yeah, Sam, do you have anything to say about what we've just shared? The only thing that was coming to me that what we're talking about, that none of these patterns change, nothing changes without awareness, without slowing down and pausing and say, is this in my best interest? Why do I keep believing this? And really having that compassion that, you know, Glenn was talking before, well, having that compassion, being here in this moment, then nothing changes, the patterns stay in place. Mm, yeah and who wants to be in that space of you know feeling like you are nothing and feeling you know less than yourself there is so much joy and pleasure um and peace i love that word peace you know within the space when you let go of all that you think that you are and you let be and let come through you and you surrender into all that is ready and available for you and so, yeah, there's magic. Mm. So guys, this was an incredible conversation. Do you have maybe one or two little tips that you want to leave people with just before we go today of really helping them if they're feeling like, oh my gosh, I don't know where to go from here. What can you suggest? Because I know that a lot of you and some of you work in the men's empowerment space in terms of, you know, circles and things like that. But what do you suggest? Where do they go? What's that first port of call for them? Um, if they want support on the outside, not just on the inside. One of the things I, I just want to add, one of the things that I really, really believe in is breath work. And so that's one of my tools that I use and that I know that a lot of men use. So embodiment practices and things like that. But yeah, Brian, go for it. Yeah, I, I was going to say, depending, of course, on where we are in our own journey, the the importance of not going at it alone is is really important because a lot of times we this is part of the same patterns and the and the same beliefs that you know like i need to do this and and it's on me it's like well like can i just soften that and 
and allow others as well to support me, men or women, depending on what's required for me. And, and then in terms of, of tools, as you just shared, you know, like coming back to the body for me is super important. As we've been talking, I think that if I can take something away from this, and I hope that people take this away from this, um, from this conversation, is slow down, expand awareness, question, come back to the body, integrate, process what happened. So, mm. you know, coming back, whether that is the moving, coming back to the body or breath, to come back to that, to touch that which hasn't been seen, which has been excluded, and which we were trying to escape to actually survive. <laughs> to be able to survive, we were escaping that. So again, for me, you know, letting go for me actually means integrating instead of trying to take that out because everything that I'm excluded is somehow going to come back, whether it is for me or for someone else in my lineage that's going to show up as a pattern of behavior. So including everything with love and compassion and gratitude for what was, and now what do I choose? Mm. Beautiful. Mm. I'll, I'll go off the back of that. Um, a really important lesson for me is to not make anything bad, emotion, experience, person. It's not to dismiss or disown any part of myself or any experience in life. It's to welcome it all. Because if I'm still putting up a shield or the energy of no, that takes energy. Boundaries, not walls. So I can allow things to exist and embrace it with curiosity is really important and your question tools there's this different angles brian speaking for me my understanding someone who's in the work already and they've got a bit of awareness so there's different levels of how you may begin <clears throat> one of the most important things for me is pausing throughout the day as sam speaks about it's taking a moment to pause and just consider what am i doing it's like how where am i operating from and what do i actually want to do or need to do going forward the more we can pause, what doesn't need to be much really, it's just bringing awareness that can happen every hour, every minute, however it suits you to be a bit more intentful with our actions. The other two things I want to mention is one, we're not meant to do it alone. 100% agree. The lone wolf must die. It, it must die. We are one, one people. We are one people and we must come together. And for men specifically, men's work has helped me more than any meditation, plant medicine, breath work, anything to that effect. And that the breathing in particular is a key part of men's work often and breathing in unity with other people. There's a collective energy and consciousness that occurs that is so much more powerful than you on your own. And the final thing I'll touch on is nature. If we don't really know how to regulate or what to do if we're just lost, getting into nature as often as possible, ideally with your shoes off, you're already there. You don't need to do anything in particular. Just leave your phone, leave your devices, take some water and just go somewhere where you can be alone and be connected with earth. Yeah, absolutely. Sam. Yeah, so what I was just thinking of when, when Brian was talking about coming back to the body, when I was beginning my journey about 10 years ago, one of the things I, I did in the beginning was I was constantly asking myself, where are my feet? If the mind would go off into its tangent, I was just like, where are my feet? 
and just becoming aware like where my feet are would get me out of the mind because you can't mm -hmm. be in the mind and here at the same time so it would just bring me back and back and back um but what it really reminds me of though is that the world can seem like a buzzsaw of noise and you can think of music if music didn't have the space the pauses in there it would also be a buzzsaw of noise so when life is really chaotic Look for that peace in that moment. Look for the silence. Look for those pauses. And just notice what's underneath all that noise. And this reminded me, it just came to me of a story. I was um, taking his way to a doctor, and they were really getting into this um, panic attack. They're really going to future guessing what's going on in the doctors. So I just start to ask questions about the environment. What do you see? What's that over there? And just start pointing things in the environment and saying, what is that? What is that? And the panic attack went away because I got her back into this moment. It's always coming back to here, the body sensations, breath work, whatever it may be. There's a thousand and one tools, whatever it takes to get back into this moment. And nature is a great place for that too, just to let it all go, sit behind a tree and just, just relax. The biggest thing we can do is just relax and find that peace and life works itself out. Yeah, one, I one, love that. one thing I'd love to end on the end of that is asking, what can I do? Not why is this happening? Fundamental mm. change. So if yeah. I'm feeling something, what can I do? Can I breathe? Can I drink water? Can I touch something rather than why is this happening? Because then we just go further into the mind. Mm. Yeah. yeah. It is that state change. It, it, it's about accessing what can you change in the body now, that what you are feeling here, what can you, how can you respond in a way, not be, um, respond in a way that is going to, you know, completely go, okay, I don't want to deal with this, but how can you respond to it so that it creates more harmony and change your state of being in the moment, right? Because when you are angry, and you are, especially for men, you know, when my husband's angry, he goes quiet. Like you can hear a pin dropping and mm. there is this vibrating energy between us and I can't access that, right? So how can I as then change the, or his state by changing my state? How can we interact in a different way? So that's another conversation for a whole new day. <laughs> Um, and I am going to be talking about relationships as well. That will be next month, you know, and divine union and that kind of stuff. So I'm very excited about that. But thank you, guys. I really, truly, um, this conversation was amazing. Thank you for your wisdom and your golden nuggets. And I love the work that you're doing. Keep doing it. And men, when you, if you're listening to this, and women, if you, you know, you're listening to this video, please let your man in your life watch this because even if they're at whatever consciousness they are or unconsciousness, whatever it is, they will receive something from this, okay? And your children as well, if they're willing to and able to watch this. I'm going to get my, hopefully get my 16-year-old to watch some of this as well. Mm, I'd love to add <laughs> so, that. Just if any men out there have resonated with anything and want to go a bit deeper or need support, don't know where to begin, are looking for an entry point into this work or men's circle, please feel free to reach out to me and have a conversation. Yes, absolutely. I will share your um, links below this video and also on the podcast. So please reach out to these men. They're already doing the work. They're already in these men's spaces where they are empowering men helping men to reconnect back to themselves um, 
and really find those relationships, you know, that connection between men again, because I feel like you said as well, Glenn, you know, there's a lot of lone wolves around wanting and um, almost just surviving because they think they have to. And it is about coming back into a space of connection and co-creation again with the new earth energies. So mm, that's exciting. Mm. thank you so much everybody for listening thank you. thank you for being here guys and from my heart to yours i love you until we speak again mm. see Yada. you soon Yada. Pleasure. <laughs>